We're starting, a, we started a couple weeks ago a series um, in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. And before we start, I just want to ask you a quick question or a survey. Is, uh, how many of you had your week completely planned out perfectly, just the way you wanted it to be, and then something happened? <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, the car broke down. Uh, or you got that phone call that set your whole week in a different direction. Or you found yourself 10 minutes late. You finally find your car keys. You're walking out the door with the kids. And you look down and one of them has a, an emergency uh, blowout in their diaper. <laughs> what do you do? Or you're riding in the car and somebody cuts you off. And you're listening to your favorite ever Christian song on the radio. Okay, so here's where it is. Where did you fare on your meter? Good response meter or bad response meter? And when we're looking into, um, into this, it's like how we respond will make all the difference in the world. Because life changes on, it, it's inevitable. We're going to have these things happen. But blessed are those are always angry at the right time, never angry at the wrong time, who have every instinct, impulse, and passion under the control because they themselves are under God's control. As we continue, the last couple of weeks, uh, Anthony's been preaching on, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Jesus gives us what truly matters. Last week it was, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus draws near to the brokenhearted. This week, this week we'll be looking at the third beatitude, which is, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. When we think of the word meek, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? When that first thing comes into my mind is, is weakness. If you're meek, you're weak. And uh, I looked up the word in the dictionary, and I, and I realized why we do actually think that way, because the dictionary's definition of meek is quiet, shy, lamish, mild, weak, timid, frightened, spineless, spiritless, weak-kneed, and wimpy. It's no wonder we get a negative response. You know, we're all Americans, right? We're strong Americans. And we have this uh, um, right. The Declaration of Independence gives us this right. And it gives us the right of not only happiness, but liberty and life. But don't most people assume happiness is, is achieving wealth and success and getting all that they can? I mean, what's wrong What's wrong with being strong? What's wrong with being beautiful or rich or clever or being independent, popular, and having your own control? I mean, even fast food restaurants tell us, you know, you can have it your way. But Jesus describes a blessedness a happiness that doesn't depend on 
on possessions or circumstances or good luck. It doesn't depend on anything that we have. It's a joy that comes only from God. And when we live our lives in alignment with him. It's kind of like having God's stamp of approval. When he said, blessed are he's, I approve of your lifestyle. I approve of who you are. So in the first one, he said, blessed are, approved by God are the poor in spirit. Approved by God are those who mourn. And this third beatitude, blessed are the meek. What does exactly does Jesus mean when he says this? I mentioned earlier that the, the definition was a spineless, lamish, wimpish type of person. I came across another definition in, in dictionary.com. And uh, this one's probably, you know, everybody goes to that one. That's the most important one. But it listed two definitions as obsolete. And those obsolete definitions were gentle and kind. Yeah, the obsolete definition for meekness is gentleness and kindness. wonder how many other things in our society that are obsolete, that we've recategorized. But that's a, that's a whole different message. But the Greek word for, for meek here is peros. Biblical meekness is not weakness at all, but rather exercising God's strength under control. Blessed are those who exercise God's strength under control. It's a gentleness and strength. The word implies an attitude of courtesy, gentleness, and mild. I was talking to a gentleman here last week. And it was a it was a, a real gentleman. You know, you recognize that because gentlemen are attractive. They attract my attention. And it's something about the way they walk. And I said, I said to them, you are so gentle. And he chuckled. He chuckled and he said, it's taken me a lifetime to get here and God's not finished with me yet. Meekness matures. Many cases for us, gentleness matures over time. There's training involved, like a fine wine or, or a, a really good aged cheese. I want to take a, just a, a moment to talk about a couple individuals in the Bible who were described as meek. The first one was, was Moses. You know, we think we're born in a time that's that's uh, unique and strange and full of corruption. But we look at Moses when he was born. He was born under 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And they were so de- suppressed and depressed, um, but they continued to, to develop and they continued to um, enlarge in numbers. And Pharaoh was so um, distraught by the, these people that he ordered the firstborn child to be killed, the male child to be thrown into the Nile. I mean, that doesn't 
happened today in those aspects. But Moses grew up in that environment. He went from, um, from a place of despair to a palace wall because the Pharaoh's daughter found him as he was floating down the aisle. And he was in the palace. When Moses was growing up, he, he uh, was walking and he noticed that a, uh, an Egyptian taskmaster was beating up one of his own. And he took it upon himself. He looked around, he took it upon himself, got angry. And he killed that Egyptian and he threw him in the sand. He buried his sin, but others seen it. Moses fled and ended up uh, in Midian where he encountered, Jesus, or he encountered God in a burning bush and was called back to Egypt to face the fear that he had. In the Bible, Moses is classified as meek. In Numbers 12, 3, he's described like this. It says, no man, now there's a man, Moses, was very weak above all men that were upon the face of the earth. Here's Moses, the man who got angry and killed a person, the man who didn't know how to speak, became a spokesman for an entire nation. A man who struck a rock in anger of his people. Yet he's called meek. Like Moses, when our spirit is broken, contrite, when we know that what it means to mourn and to sin, it's in this place we find a blessed transformation from a place of weakness to a place of meekness. We experience gentleness under God's control. Another person in the Bible I'd like to talk about is Jesus. And in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it says, Come to you, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. And the word gentle there is meek. And I am humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus isn't saying here to come to church or to a temple or come to religion. He's calling us to come into his presence. You who have been beaten down and loaded up, call on me. You who are poor in spirit and overloaded, broken down, and I will give you rest. Is there a place in your life where you need rest? Is there a place in your life where you need peace? Are you faced with difficult decisions? Or maybe you just feel defeated and you're ready to give up. The word tells us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. I tried that once when I first found out, you know, so pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So I sat down on the ground and I grabbed my bootstraps and I pulled 
and nothing happened. I just sat there. I thought I could actually just kind of whoop back up, but no. The world says to work more, try harder. Do this, don't do that. Give until you can give no more. Or worse yet, God isn't pleased with you. We need to push harder, push stronger, and push longer. But Jesus, Jesus looks into the heart of the exhausted, overburdened, anxious, stressed out people, and he says, come to me. Jesus can, invites us also to come under his care. He invites us to accept him as we are and accept him as our teacher. That we might know how to look, cope with life. Find out how he managed stress and how he faced pressures of the world with gentleness and grace. How he forgave and how he mastered and how he showed us how to connect with the Father. The message says it like this. It says, Jesus said in today's terms, are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take care, take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. Jesus said to be my disciple and learn from me because I am gentle. I am strength under control and humble at heart. He says, for my yoke is easy, perfectly tailored just for you, and my burden is light. Jesus also invites us to come under his strength. All of us have our yoke to something. Something that we all have to drag around. It's not that we're not strong. Because many of us carry, carry a real heavy load. But how we carry that load, we know that we're under the strength. To know whose strength we're under can make all the difference in the world. Because the world's watching. They're watching us, just like I was watching that gentleman. And I know a few of them here at church. You know, just like Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. I will show you. If you find somebody that emulates gentleness, get on their side. Walk with them. Find out how they're doing it. We sang this song earlier. It says, I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. Paul was another man in the Bible that, that emulated both grace, strength, and gentleness. But he wasn't always that way. Because this meekness, this gentleness, this way of life, it takes time to mature. Three times he asked for this burden this thorn in his flesh to be removed. But God did give him as a humble strength to carry him through. 
It says, for my grace is sufficient. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. That doesn't sound like the American way, does it? It says, I delight in my weakness and insult and hardships and persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Jesus gives us the strength to handle the weight with gentleness, love, and grace. You know that meter I was talking about earlier? The response meter? All I need to do is take a look at how my last week was, and I can tell you how close I was following my Creator. As the worship team comes, I'd just like to highlight a couple of things about the, this, these Beatitudes that Jesus has been talking about. There are eight key traits that are essential for becoming a disciple of Christ. Eight blessings that lead to lasting happiness, great joy, and eight promises that draw us into abundant life. It's been a real cool journey for me to see how these first three beatitudes are the root. They're the foundation of what yet's to come. And the discipleship outside of the Beatitudes is impossible. You know, they're not multiple choice. You know, I like this one better than I like that one. Or the Beatitudes aren't one size fits all. Each builds on each as, we're, as we are made complete with him. Jesus is offering us a better way, a way of restoration and grace a place where we can face brokenness and pain and still have the strength to sing through it all. Through it all. Through it all, it is well.